God said to his son, as he came up out of the water, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. All of us, especially the men here, are always happy to receive a compliment from our Father. Sometimes we wait a long time as we're being raised to receive that compliment. Sometimes we have to ask our Father if he is pleased with us. For rebellious sons, they don't care. But Jesus Christ was not a rebellious son. He and he the Father's will were in harmony and that of the Holy Spirit. So if we remember our Trinitarian theology, the Father begets the Son from all eternity, and the Son sends the Holy Spirit. He proceeds from the Son. But they're all the same substance. They're not three different individuals. There are three persons in one God. We like to think we're individuals. We are not. We have an inheritance, and we must, especially in the church, it means do the will of the Father by doing the will of the Son, and then the Holy Spirit will love us. The scene of the baptism of the Lord is a theophany. It means the manifestation of God. It means from that miracle and that action of Christ, the Holy Spirit and the Father, we learn about the three persons. But someday somebody will ask you, where are the three persons mentioned in Scripture? And you look around and think, well, where is that? It's at the baptism of Jesus Christ. So they are mentioned. How do they operate in concert with each other, doing the will of the Father? The Father wills the creation. He's the Father. The Son does it. The Holy Spirit sanctifies the creation. Today we see the Father acts, the Son plunges into the water by John, and the Holy Spirit comes and does the action, sanctification. What did he sanctify? Everything created by Christ going into the water. So we have a big movement about ecology, and they sometimes pick on the Holy Father about his lack of piety. He's always talking about ecology. The Bible is concerned with ecology. The baptism of the Lord shows that. All the waters of the earth were made holy. The water runs every, everywhere. And the whole world was made holy. It was sanctified by contact with the second person of the Blessed Trinity and the work of the Holy Spirit. All the creation was sanctified. It is holy. So sometimes you want to know how does God reveal himself in creation, in his word, his son, and his sanctification in your heart. So that I know the Father because I know the Son. I know the, Father, the Son because he revealed himself to us. 
and I know the Holy Spirit by what's going on in my own heart, in my own soul. If you are in turmoil in your soul, or somebody's disturbing your prayer life, or something like that, you know the Holy Spirit is trying, but you're not cooperating. How do we cooperate with this? By keeping our baptismal promises, which are usually given by our godparents when we were little babies. Some of us were baptized as old. What are the baptizers? Uh, first of all, we have the creed. We renounce Satan. We have the creed. And after that, our profession of faith, we're baptized into the Holy Trinity. That's the way you're supposed to live your life, by doing the will, which Jesus did of the Father. And he says explicitly, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And not only that, if you love him, you'll keep the Beatitudes. And we have to understand this explicitly. Some people have a notion that despite whatever they do, they will be saved. That's stupidity. You have to cooperate with God in your own salvation. You are the children of God. What did his only child do? His will. Don't make excuses. They're lame. They mean nothing. He has told us these things. We know they're so. And we see it implementing, especially in the baptism of Christ, which sanctifies the water, the world, the ecology of the world. And we are incorporated into that by our baptism with the gifts of the Holy Spirit by chrismation. Two things in the church are very holy that we keep in the church. One is the reservation of the Holy Sacrament, which is body, blood, soul, divinity, Jesus Christ. Second is chrism. Who is in the chrism? The Holy Spirit. I noticed when I was in the Sisters Chapel, they had a very special container. I assumed it was the chrism, and they keep a candle bit lit before it. We were never called to do that, but we always keep, I always put the chrism in the tabernacle, and I have some upstairs that's not in a tabernacle. I have the chrisms of two or three bishops. The bishop comes, and he, on the first Holy Thursday he is there, he consecrates the chrism. He makes the Holy Spirit present in the eparchy. That's his job. And then he quickly puts it in little containers and gives it to the clergy to take to the pastors, to the parish, and they keep that there, chrismation, to confirm you in the gifts of the Holy Spirit faith, hope, and charity. You are changed. To what purpose are you changed? To know, love, and serve God, be happy with him in this world and the next, but especially to worship God. We are priestly people. Your first obligation is to worship God. Unfortunately, Catholics have forgotten that. They've forgotten the sacred gifts that are given by the church in baptism. So everybody runs that the baby baptized. Do they raise a Catholic? They make sure that it gets the communion and everything. In the Eastern Church, we take care of it very quickly. 
we baptize, we chrismate, and we give communion to babies. Are they in sin that they cannot receive this? Can they not receive it because they're not graced? They're graced by baptism and chrismation. Why are they chrismated? To receive the Eucharist. No one should receive the Eucharist as they're chrismated. The Roman Church, God bless them. They baptize children and give them communion before they're even chrismated. They got everything upside down. They have to reform themselves and get back to the early church. The fathers taught us these things, and we know them. But every wave of theology comes along, they have to pay attention to, they don't pay attention to what the fathers taught us in the early church. There's their problem. It's embarrassing, you know. At St. John's, when I was a pastor, these little Roman Catholic children come up to go to communion. I didn't ask if, if they were chrismated or not. I know in their own church they receive communion. I figure they're innocent, I'll give them communion. But really, they should not be going to communion without chrismation. Neither should we live a sinful life once we are baptized, chrismated, and become part of the new creation that Jesus baptized when he was baptized. Our human nature is a new creation now. It's not completely healed, but it's on its way. Adam and Eve fell in the garden. They destroyed our creation. And so the priest puts a baptismal robe on you. What is he doing? You're a new creation. You've got a new robe. Your very skin is a new robe. So Jesus did it first. Why? Not that he needed to be baptized. He was not sinful. But he had to be baptized in his skin so his skin and his humanity could transfer to us by his action, baptism, chrismation, and Eucharist. Sometimes people say, well, where are the sacraments? Really, in the Greek Bible, they point them out very well because they call them the mysteries. Well, in the Mysterion Theology of the Eastern Church, we know that's the sacraments. A sacrament in Latin is a contract. Doesn't it tell exactly? And sometimes the way to translate the Bible, you can't tell that. But I was reading the Bible this morning and the text of the liturgy, preparing myself to celebrate. It's all there. But they're not trained, they're not educated, they're not, they can't even read the Bible and get it straight because they don't have the apostolic deposit of faith. Certain things are not negotiable. They're called dogmas. We are criticized because we have dogmas, but we hold dogmas, those seek the early church has given us, those things, those beautiful things. And the most important thing is the sacramental liturgy. Don't let people tell you they're Christians because they're nice guys. They're not. They must be baptized and chrismated and living a good life, going to the Eucharist on Sundays at least. That's what they did in the early church. Not every day, but, but they take it home with them. Cyril warns in one of his elocutions, when you take the holy gifts home, make sure you don't put them in a cabinet where the mice or something can get to them. So we have testimony from the early church what they did.
Maybe sometimes it's a little indirect, but it's there. Today, like today, at, we didn't sing Holy God. We said, who had been baptized in Christ and put in Christ, hallelujah. We were singing for ourselves. We have put on Christ. We have the new garment of salvation. We're destined to a heavenly kingdom. And they will recognize us. So yesterday, I don't know who it was, somebody told me this story. So I got to get it straight now. When the priest looked in the chalice, after the consecration of the precious blood, he saw the face of Christ. Great grace. It says the chalice, the gold and the silver and the wine is precious. If you have a piece of silver and you get it and it's raw, it says in the in the epistle, excuse me, in the gospel and in the Psalms that you have to be cured like silver. It's a complicated process. First of all, you have to have a very special vessel to hold that ore, the silver ore. And you have to heat it at a very delicate temperature so that you don't ruin the silver ore. And it melts. And when it melts, the impurities come to the top and the man has to take those impurities out of that silver. Then the silver is shiny. And when he looks at the silver, he, he sees Christ looks at the silver. The man looked at the silver. He saw his reflection. That's what they're talking about. If you are pure and like silver and you're refined and you're clean and Christ looks at you, the Father looks at you and he sees his Son. All you have put on Christ, alleluia. That's what we're about. You'll see the image of Christ in us. That's the judgment. The beauty of your soul and the image of Christ what has been born in you, the sacramental liturgy and keeping a disciplined life so that when you receive the sacraments, that holiness develops in you. What is the holiness of your soul? Your identity to Christ. This is that feast. We're celebrating your identity to Christ. Look at yourself. How is your identity? What do you think the Lord sees when he looks at you? Not to put a guilt trip on you. I know you're all trying. I've been trying all my life. I still have moments that are not good. But I'm trying to become the refined silver that the Father can see his image of his son in. I'm his priest. No higher honor can be given a man to be a priest. And no more higher honor 
can be given to a person to be a person of devout, deep prayer. And in his prayer, he is the same as Christ. Because when he prays, Christ prays. Because he's alive in you. And you are his, and he is yours. And the Holy Spirit is really working in you. Oh, you church of saints, think of what the early ones did to receive Christ. They dug holes in the earth. They went to live in the desert to stay away from passion. They lived celibate lives. They were ordained by the bishops of the church in fear and trembling that they could live that worthy life. And they struggled. The struggle is the virtue. But the shining of that virtue is when the Holy Trinity looks in you and sees the work of the Holy Spirit in you in the image of, the, of your brother, your savior, your priest, Jesus Christ, is alive. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.